TVP's announcements. This is a series that we have on our network where we give you announcements about upcoming projects and platforms that are entering the crypto ecosystem. Now, this is a disclaimer because we do that now. So, here's the thing this is the presentation of a platform, and that's it. This is an investment advice. Don't take it as investment advice. If you like the platform, seek it out in the show notes. Go there, buy the things, invest in the platform. Help them out with your skill sets. But we're not giving you any recommendations or advice. This is just for you to listen to and soak up some new information about a new platform in this ecosystem. So, please enjoy. And hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of TPP's Announcements. And you should be no stranger to the show. You've heard plenty of announcements. This is our 25th at the moment. Today, uh, we are joined, we are in the we are in the company of Luke Loam, the CMO of Cryptic. And uh, he is here to tell us a little bit about what they're building over there at Cryptic and um, why it's going to be awesome. So, we always like to give you the opportunity to... Uh, Introduce yourself to our audience, and we like the story. Like we like the background. Um, you know, what was your what was your profession? What were you doing? And then some white paper hit your desk, and you were like, "It's crypto. That's that's what I'm doing now. Only crypto." So what's that about? Uh, well, firstly, thank you very much for having me here. It's great to uh, have the opportunity to talk to you, Demetric, and uh, all of your listeners as well. Um, brief, very brief in- introduction. I guess people are less interested in me than they are in the technology, but um, I've been playing around in the crypto space since around 2012, 2013, um, and was initially involved in the, the uh, Ethereum uh, ICO back in the day was involved in the Dow <laughs> when that uh, little fiasco occurred as well. Managed <laughs> to get out of that before all of the uh, drama happened. Um, and been involved in Waves and a couple other ones as well. Um, so I've been interested in in the technology for some time now, and uh, my background has been in um, in largely in business development and consulting, uh, marketing as well. I've worked in China. I was living in Beijing and Shanghai for seven years, uh, New York for a couple of years, and you can probably tell by my accent that I'm Australian. Um, currently in uh, in South Australia in Adelaide, but our head office for Cryptic is in uh, in the Valley in, Sa- in San Francisco. 
Uh, in terms of how the company came about, uh, the CEO of Cryptic is uh, Dr. Adam Weigold. He's a, an eccentric genius, um, very, very smart guy who uh, is a quantum physicist, a double doctorate in experimental and theoretical physics and has played around with lasers and all sorts of um, mad technology like that. And I think he's had around six exits uh, in startups, um, successful couple of IPOs. Um, so he's, he's no, no um, newbie to the startup world. Uh, and we were talking about a completely different concept, which was a credit card savings uh, with um, the difference in being automatically bought into Bitcoin and then and starting a Bitcoin savings account. And we looked at this and realized that the, the security side of it was going to be an issue. Um, and a deeper dive into the security took us down a different path, which is cryptic. Um, and essentially what cryptic is, is what we're building here is the world's most complete cybersecurity and cloud storage platform. Uh, and I know a lot of your listeners are probably thinking, oh, storage, that doesn't sound like it's going to be an easy one. You've got uh, all the traditional players, your Google Drives and Dropboxes and so on. Uh, but you also have some great technology in, um, in the space, uh, in the decentralized space with SIA, uh, Filecoin, Storage, who've been around for some time now and uh, making some inroads, Filecoin, obviously a little newer. Uh, but what we do is, is a little different. <clears throat> Our technology um, essentially takes an individual file, uh, it can be any file at all, a PDF, a Word doc, a movie, it then encrypts that file, it shards it into five pieces or more, but five is the, the standard. Um, it is re-encrypted or with SHA 256-bit encryption. So you have six levels of encryption then. And then each of those shards is then stored on a different third-party cloud provider. So we're actually leveraging Dropbox, Google Drive, Amazon, Rackspace, and so on um, as our supply chain. And so a hacker would essentially have to break seven levels of 256-bit encryption and then break into each of those uh, platforms, those third-party cloud providers at the same time, well, at least three, a minimum of three of those at the same time, and then the user's private key just to hack one single file because each file is essentially ring-fenced from each other file. So what this does is it, it prevents large-scale hacking from occurring uh, and it makes, um, makes this uh, far and away by orders of magnitude more secure than any other platform on the market, including Sia and Filecoin and the rest there. Um, but the, the key differential here as well is speed. Uh, we have access latency of less than 200 milliseconds. Um, now, the others uh, in the decentralized space, we're looking at a latency of anywhere upwards of 30 seconds or more. Sia projecting down to as little as three seconds, but that's still in the pipeline some time away. Um, even still three seconds, it doesn't allow for real-time file collaboration um, or online editing. Uh, it really is just, um, they're really good for simple backup, which is fantastic. But what we're, we're really focusing on is the enterprise market where people need fast access to their files. They need to be able to share in real time, collaborate online um, and do all the things necessary without having to wait for those delays. So it's, it's essentially instant and, and significantly more secure than everything else on the market. So what, so it seems like you're kind of like, you're, you're adding on to not adding on to, but leveraging the services like Google Drive, Dropbox, you know, they're traditionally centralized ways um, to store files online using those cloud services. Uh, why did you guys choose that approach? Um, 
because you know a lot of this industry, a lot of is currently built on that vein of decentralization, and mm. it seems like that is is kind of putting some big, you know, big silos of data there. So why it's a unique choice. I'd like to you know hear you elaborate on it. Yeah, of course, uh, and it really comes back uh, back to the to the architecture of the platform. Um, now I I'll put my hand up and say straight away I'm not a tech person. You'd need to talk to the engineers, and they can probably give you a much better explanation. But essentially, what it means is with the with the the fully decentralized dispersed platforms like Seer and Filecoin that are built on the blockchain. The, in, the inherent design means that there are latencies, like I was explaining before, that it can't be overcome. By leveraging the existing cloud providers, we're able to access um, the files far, far quicker, uh, adding into the, um, to the security that they already have in place, building on top of that, and generally provide a solution that is much more suited to an enterprise environment. Now, we're all for decentralization, and this is um, what we have here is we have been accused of, well, this is not fully decentralized. Well, it is in the sense that the blockchain, where that comes in, because we are more than just storage, we are a full cybersecurity solution here. So what we're saying is that many enterprises would use a uh, an online cloud storage platform, but that's not all they need to also use encryption and antivirus and firewalls and often cloud access security brokers to fully mitigate the full range of threats that are out there um, and what we're saying is that we can provide all of those solutions in one product in addition we're providing cloud storage as well uh, and so the, the design of our platform means that instead of having to use three or four different softwares linked together, which can be quite expensive and also complicated for a business to employ, we can do it all in one at a, a significantly cheaper price point with orders of magnitude, better uh, security and faster speeds as well. Hmm. So what, um, so what's the, What's like the user story? So, so what um, am I doing with my cryptic tokens? And you know, what what are all the participants here? Of, say, I want to do I launch a node, a cryptic node, and then now I can take some of the storage off of the, you know, take the burden away from Google Google Drive so much, and then I can have some get paid to store people's files, or. Oh. In, in, in the current design, no. Um, we're going for a much more simple approach for the user. Uh, again, we're looking at enterprises here. We're looking at businesses that are probably mm -hmm. wondering how they even get engaged with blockchain. So in terms of the token, it's a true utility token. Now, it's, for SEC compliance, we've registered as a security because we foresaw all of the issues that have been popping up with compliance with the SEC. So we're ticking all the right boxes from a legal point of view there. But it is a true utility token. And, and essentially what we're doing also is we're creating an independent cybersecurity economy. At the heart of this is the token. And these tokens are used as a means to buy the services. So if you're an enterprise, you want to buy a subscription to Cryptic then you would use these tokens to do it. But we're making the friction as little as possible. You don't need to go to an exchange, buy your Bitcoin, convert the Bitcoin into Cryptic, and then go to the Cryptic platform and then buy the, that's all too hard. What we're allowing people to do is to, just as you would with any other service as a software provider, you go to the website, you click on the subscription uh, button, you put in your credit card details or your bank details, 
and all of the conversion happens in the background through an inbuilt exchange mechanism. So that fiat currency is converted into cryptos, uh, the cryptic tokens, uh, and then this is what drives the platform and drives the economy in the background. So it's a very easy way for businesses to engage with this kind of technology without having to sort of dive in down the rabbit hole. Uh, in terms of the cybersecurity economy as well, just as a, a point that might be interesting, uh, what we're also doing is we're using these tokens to incentivize third-party development and software developers. It's a fully open source platform. So people that have ideas for how to augment the system with new ideas, new plugins, uh, perhaps integrating other software inside there, we will ask for proposals from these people. How will you be adding value to the, to the network? And then incentivizing them by paying them with tokens for their contribution. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can also incentivize uh, client adoption as well. So this is like offering free trial programs. Uh, one of the biggest issues, obviously, with any software like this is migration costs. People already have a platform in place that they're using. The idea of getting them to move on to a new system can be you know, problematic. So there's two ways we tackle that, is that we can actually offer tokens to the to the potential client and say, here's uh, X amount of uh, dollars worth of, of tokens. Uh, you can use these as a trial platform to, to use our product. Uh, the other way we're mitigating that as well is that if they want to maintain their existing front end uh, application, we can use the cryptic back end as a bolt on so that from all intents and purposes, it appears to be the same platform that they're using, but we're using our back end decentralized architecture. Very interesting. So you, your customer segment is just business straight out. This is going to be a tool, um, you know, for small businesses. Say I have a small business and I've been paying out the wazoo for all of my cloud services. And now I'm starting to, to think that um, maybe it's not as secure as I once thought it was. I can now use Cryptic and have just extra layers of security. And by the way, it's, it's blockchain security. So tip shop absolutely absolutely uh, and we're also what we're offering as well is a lot of businesses will have their own internally managed servers uh, if you're looking at slightly smaller or bigger than the small enterprise small business into the sort of thousand employee up bracket a lot of these companies don't trust the cloud full stop and so they have their own servers that they manage with their own internal IT teams failing to recognize that these are actually less secure than using some of the cloud services mm -hmm. due to the hyper uh, centralization. So what we can do is offer a hybrid solution whereby we can use their internal servers as one of the nodes, including some of the others um, in the cloud as well, providing them with um, the best of both worlds. Very nice, very nice, okay. So what about from a, from a community facing standpoint? So. Um, how would someone want to get involved with uh, the cryptic project if they, after they hear the show, they're like, man, that sounds like something I really want to work on or be a part of. What's their path to being in contact with you guys and how can they do that the quickest? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we welcome anyone who would like to get involved in the conversation. We have a, uh, a pretty vibrant community. Um, obviously, the first place to go is to our website at uh, cryptic, which is C-R-Y-P-T-Y-K. .io, um, and also the .com, we have two sites there. Uh, there's all the various links that will take them through to the social media. We have a very vibrant Telegram um, 
channel with uh, over 10,000 uh, followers. We have over 12,000 on Twitter. We have around 9,000 on Discord, 12,000 on Facebook. So there's a strong community already there of people that are really interested in what we're doing and having this conversation where we really welcome people to get involved, to challenge us with some of the questions that you presented here as well. You know, we um, we, we really enjoy fielding some of these questions because it is, a, it is a technology that takes a little time to get your head around fully. But when you do, you'll see the true benefit of what we're offering and the, the market that we're servicing here and the way that we're servicing it is um, it's a quite a, a valuable solution. Good deal. So you guys heard it there. Please join the conversations that are going on with Cryptic so they can help you answer all the questions that I probably am going to forget to ask here or <laughs> overlook here. So getting back to Cryptic, I, I see two um, essentially look like products here. You have your vault and you have your century. Uh, what difference? What uh, you know? What's the difference between both of those? And sure. So um, our vault is sort of what I touched on before. This is the decentralized cloud storage platform that spreads these dual encrypted file shards across the five major cloud storage providers. Um, so that's that's your um, your storage platform. The Sentry is this immutable blockchain that audits, monitors, tracks, and it controls all of the events within the platform. That's also the backbone for the cybersecurity ecosystem that provides the incentives for customer adoption, the development, and, uh, and so on, as I mentioned before. So the Sentry is essentially a private permissioned blockchain engine uh, that controls all file access and events. It provides offline key backup, digital leak prevention, threat analysis, uh, data geofencing, user quarantining, uh, enterprise level, group level, user folder, file level security, permission management. Uh, it really is um, the, the backbone of the whole piece here. What it does is it provides a, an unchangeable record of everything that happens within the network. Uh, it allows um, uh, control of the network as well from the um, the network administrator within the organization. They can have full visibility into, into where files are going. They can be timestamped. They can be watermarked. They can, uh, there's a host of features that are built in there that go way far and beyond what's offered by your Dropboxes and your drives. Um, it's also uh, the control interface, uh, essentially. So it's uh, two very important pieces that together offer a hybrid uh, blockchain solution. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's uh, very important to note that it seems like you've, you've built your own blockchain. This isn't um, an Ethereum so, no, so actually, this will be built on top of an existing blockchain. Uh, it's not necessary for us to build our own. Okay. Uh, currently, the design has been um, built with Ethereum ERC-20 in mind. However, we're in talks with, um, and I, I, I'm able to say this now, with IBM. Uh, we're an embedded solutions partner for IBM, and we're in talks with them about possibly using their Hyperledger fabric as a um, as the back-end blockchain. But we're also considering other options as well, looking at NEO, EOS, the various options out there to make sure that we have the right platform um, underpinning what we're doing here. It really is about providing uh, the right efficiencies and scalability um, to make the network run most effectively. We don't have to make that decision quite yet uh, where we are at the moment. I mean, we have built a fully functioning prototype. Uh, we have a web-based interface that's been tested by 40 hackers uh, and 40 clients, and it came through with flying colors. That's all fully operational. The blockchain side of it is where the development will come in over the next 12 months. And we have um, uh, still probably about three months after the ICO ends 
uh, whereby we can make that decision about which one we work with. Mm, okay. Any any leading horses? Uh, well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I I can't say too much about the IBM situation quite yet, okay. but um, I mean, that's that's a very positive one that we're looking forward to uh, some exciting announcements coming up in the near future for. IBM is so tight-lipped until they're not. They like they don't say anything, and then they'll do like a twenty-five page press release, and you're like, oh, thanks, IBM. That's yeah. that's right, and so I'm probably <laughs> breaking the rules by saying what I have already. But we are an, an official embedded solutions partner. I can say that much. Conversations are ongoing. Oh, we're we're, we're not that, that popular. <laughs> Hopefully, one day. But uh, I'm going to get so, the PR department coming down on me. <laughs> so, like, I, this question, this next question is a little bit more, I guess, on the personal side for you. Is that, um, you know, why cryptic? You've got an extensive background. And you probably have a wealth of knowledge. Why did you end up choosing Cryptic to, you know, join their team? Um, I've been involved with Cryptic from the very outset. Uh, the CEO is a friend of mine. He's a fellow uh, Aussie compatriot, um, and we've known each other for some years now. And it was through our conversations uh, initially with BitSaver, which was the uh, original company, that that it. It took this sort of detour into into the full cybersecurity solution that we're offering now. So I've been involved in the conversation for some time, um, even though if they were just more peripheral conversations early on. But as the technology was developed, as the platform was developed, and Adam uh, uh, brought more people in, including some some very noted names, Raghu Kota, who's a, a renowned white hat hacker, uh, ex um, SVP at Silicon Valley Bank, and we have Dennis McMasters, who's also an exceptional intellect, who was one of the guys who automated the New York Stock Exchange, I brought these people in, started to develop the platform, and I saw the full potential in what was going on here. And uh, while everything is, um, you know, it's risk and reward, um, I was happy to get involved in this, given that uh, we're solving a big problem, but we're doing it in a very interesting way. Elaborate on the big problem for people, because I, I think that, um, you know, for me, I, I see it as like, oh, this is a security solution. And hmm. if, if I'm handling data and I need to have very quick access to my data in order for my team to be efficient and I need to have, go to sleep at night knowing that my data is secure, that's what I see it. But can, exactly. can you elaborate you, on that? For I mean, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there. Cybersecurity is a massive problem. It's approaching a trillion dollars a year. Um, to give you an example, for every $1 that's spent on cloud storage, there's over $4 that is spent on security, cybersecurity and protecting that data. And for every every $1 that's spent on the cybersecurity, over $5 is lost to hackers and to breaches uh, and to cybercrime. So what we're seeing here is that cloud storage is very important, but cybersecurity is a far bigger industry. Um, and it's one that has an inherent vulnerability in that the problem's just not being addressed properly. You've got Equifax, you've got Netflix, you've got Yahoo, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Every week, there's almost a new announcement about some kind of breach that happened. Once these guys get in, they have access to countless numbers of files, um, and it's just it's a debilitating problem. And it's one that's becoming much more important for companies. Now, I was talking to a gentleman just last week who said his insurance policy states that he needs to have a cybersecurity strategy. Now, he's in a, um, a non-tech-related business. 
uh, and doesn't know much about IT at all. And now he has to go into the into the, the sort of nuts and bolts of having to work out how to protect his data because it's being mandated by his security company. So we're seeing this as being a huge problem and one that's not being effectively addressed. The solution that we're providing is is a very novel one that that ticks the right boxes in terms of providing levels of security higher, much further beyond what is currently available in the market, uh, but also very, very fast access speeds, which uh, is not on offer for some of the other decentralized options out there. Good deal. Are you guys worried about um, maybe customer service being a bit cum more cumbersome than you anticipate? <laughs> well, look, I think uh, we have a pretty extensive go-to-market plan in terms of the, the business development side of things. Um, that's that's our first challenge. Um, if if we have so many customers that we we have trouble keeping up with them, then that's a challenge, a problem that I'm I'm quite happy to face. Demetric, yeah. uh, look, it's about it's about migrating people over from their existing platforms. It's about getting people um, excited and interested in what we're doing. Really, uh, that's that's the key for us right now. And if we have a demand issue, then we'll be happy to satisfy that. Yeah, no, that, those are great problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It like Coinbase has set a great example for everyone of what not to do. So yeah, everyone. <laughs> I, I know. I was uh, I was myself uh, suffered at the hands of the Coinbase customer uh, customer service issue there as well. Oh yeah, you went into the the great upside down place of Coinbase's customer service. I did, and I didn't get out of there for many months. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm uh, I'm using other platforms now. Uh oh, sorry, Coinbase. You knew. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. Um. So I guess. Um, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Look, I think I think you've um, you've you've addressed some of the key issues here. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if if the listeners want to find out more, and I would certainly encourage them to look into more detail, then please join us in the conversations on Telegram and, and Discord and Facebook or the various social media channels. Check us out at cryptic.io, C-R-Y-P-T-Y-K.io uh, to learn more about the ICO. The ICO is ongoing at the moment. We're in a, uh, a pre-sale at the moment, which will end on April the 20th. Um, it's open to the US investors as well, must be accredited, obviously. There is a 5,000 minimum there. Uh, after that, we have a 10-day break, and then from May the 1st until June the 1st is when the public sale is in full swing. Um, we're seeing some good traction at the moment. The media is starting to really get around us, which is great. It's uh, it's a very noisy marketplace, as many of your listeners would know. There are so many ICOs out there, it's hard to know which ones to back, um, and often it's predicated on hype rather than the fundamentals. Um, so we're, uh, we're very proud of the fact we have a, a strong team and a great product with a proven prototype that already exists. We'll have the full market ready release by mid-2019, so we're coming to market pretty quickly in terms of some of the, uh, the other companies that are uh, an idea and a white paper and not much more. We certainly do have a white paper and it's a very scientific one, so feel free to get amongst that. Uh, but just a couple of other points worth worth um, mentioning is that we have some great partnerships already in place. Um, Founders Credit Union is a trial partner. Uh, Design Shift, who are making the world's most secure PC and storage package with us, uh, which is exciting. Um, they're doing the physical products. We're doing the software attached to that. Um, you know, we've got a four and a half out of five rating on crypto rated and, and some other great ratings on the ICO rating sites out there. 
We were awarded the one of the top 10 security startups by Enterprise Security Magazine just recently. We're a winner of the 2018 Australian eChallenge Cybersecurity Prize. So there's some really good things that are going on there. And I, um, I look forward to welcoming some of your listeners on board and answering any of the questions they may have. Good deal. I have a question. Um, I know there's one one question that I forgot to ask, and I'm going to ask it now, and that is, what are the descriptors of the, the ICO? So the dates and you know the links they can go to if they if they want to participate. And um, I'm sure you may or may not have a KYC AML policy, but if you do, yes. they can yes, go through that. Um, you know, what are some of those descriptives, and then we can probably wrap it up. Yeah, sure, no problem. So the uh, the cryptic token will be listed as a CTK. Um, so if you see it on the exchanges as CTKs, that's what you're looking for. But in terms of before it hits the exchanges, as I said before, the best place is uh, look at cryptic.io, C-R-Y-P-T-Y-K.io. All the information is there. Um, in terms of the token um, economics, we have 750 million tokens that are being made in, in total. Um, a third of those are being sold in the ICO. A third are retained for the um, the seed investors and management and staff, which have a four-year vesting period. So there's no pump or dump going on here, that's for sure. Uh, another third is being retained by the Cryptic Foundation, which is a non-profit organization based in Australia that will be managing all of the incentives that I mentioned before for the onboarding of new clients, um, new software development, uh, synergistic alliance partnerships and the like. Um, so they will have a pool of funds to help to drive forward the economy as we move closer to the release and beyond. Uh, in terms of the dates, we are, as I said, in the middle of the private pre-sale, which is open to accredited US investors. If you check out cryptic.io, there's a link there that you can click on, which will take you through a KYC process. Um, which is all uh, managed by third parties, obviously. And that will continue until April the 20th. There is a 5,000 minimum. And then from May the 1st until June the 1st, we're open to the public for a $500 minimum and looking forward to welcoming as many people uh, as possible. In terms of uh, just the, the amounts being raised, we have a, a soft cap of $3 million, which we've just recently passed. So we're, uh, we're viable. We're hitting the market. It's all going to happen, which is great. And uh, we have a hard cap of uh, 25 million and uh, looking forward to welcoming you all on board. Well, Luke, thank you very much for stopping by. Um, and you all heard it uh, from the source, the CMO himself. So uh, go to the website, look around, do your due diligence. We always say that, read the white papers. There's two, uh, there's the business white paper and the technical white paper, which is good. I like that, uh, I like that trend. By the way, I like people are going to that because you can get like a big picture and then you can get down into the, the Nat's ass detail if you want to. So um, thank you very much for swinging by. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Demetric.